So the reading today is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 14 to 44. And the context is that Jesus has sent the 12 disciples out on mission, like many of us were doing yesterday, and they've been preaching that people should repent, they've been driving out demons, and they've been anointing with oil many people who were ill and healed them. And then we get to verse 14, and we read this. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. And still others claimed, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask I will give you, up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once a girl hurried in to the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a dish. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a dish. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm sure many of you could do with hearing that today after yesterday. But then what happens? They go away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. 
So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. And that's not including women and children, so there could have been a lot more. There will have been a lot more than five thousand. So the main verse I want to focus on is verse 34. Um, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And apparently the children last week in the Sunday school were doing about compassion. So I'm sure they could tell us more about that. But I've read the whole passage just to set a bit of context. And I've got three points, as is often the way. And the first point is Herod the fox. Now, um, we're going to have a new prime minister soon. I'm, I'm not, I haven't been following it too closely, but we're going to have a new prime minister. And whenever there's a new political leader, there's always a lot of hope, isn't there? People say, it's going to sort everything out. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. Yes, we can. We can do this. It's going to be wonderful. But as Psalm 146 says, and this is a paraphrase, put no confidence in princes, nor for help on man depend. They shall die to dust returning, and their purposes shall end. And King Herod, Jesus said at one point, was a fox, which is not the most flattering of uh, animals to be compared to. And the religious people came to Jesus and said, oh, Herod wants to kill you, you've got to get away, you've got to escape. And Jesus said, go and tell that fox, I'm going to, this day and tomorrow, I'm going to preach, I'm going to drive out demons, and on the third day um, was when he was going to go to Jerusalem, and he was going to give his life for us. So, yeah, Herod was a horrible man, as, as we've read, and, uh, and yeah, he was quite a, a conflicted character. Um, the first thing to say about him, it's no, none of it's good really, is that he had his brother's wife, so he stole his brother's wife, and John the Baptist was very forthright with him. He said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He didn't flatter Herod. He didn't say, you know, you can sort things out for Galilee. You can make things better. You can make Galilee great again. He wasn't, like, really positive about, John, about Herod, was John the Baptist. He was very direct with him, and he said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And it was very brave of John the Baptist because... As we know, what happened was that Herod arrested him because obviously his new wife, Herodias, was not happy. She wanted to kill him. But we're told that Herod was trying to protect John the Baptist and he liked to listen to him and he found him very intriguing. He probably wasn't like all the yes men that were surrounding him and giving him political advice. Um, he was very direct with him, was John the Baptist. So he was greatly puzzled by John the Baptist. He didn't know what to make of him, but he did like to listen to him, and he was trying to protect him. But then the time came, and we've read the story. Um, his wife was out to get him, and uh, she did. And uh, when there was a feast, his birthday, and the daughter danced, he, he made a stupid promise, I'll give you whatever you want, up to half the kingdom. So she goes to a nasty mum and says, what shall I give him? What shall I get? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And we're told that Herod was um, greatly distressed 
But because of his oaths and because of all the people, he didn't want to lose face. That was the kind of person he was. He was a politician, a stereotypical politician. And he gave the orders and John was beheaded. There's um, apparently a Latin um, quote. We don't study Latin anymore, but it's quite a nice quote. They still study it in Italy, so they'll probably recognise this quote. Um, I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it says, Qui nesit dissimilare, qui nesit regnare. And it means, though he who cannot dissemble, cannot reign. And I had to Google what dissemble means, because this was from a, a Bible commentator. It was probably a quote from a, a Latin orator or something. But it means, to dissemble means to hide your true feelings. So Herod was hiding his true feelings. He, was, he knew what he should do, but because he was a politician and he wanted to just please the people, he did what he shouldn't do. And we'll come back to that quote later because it, it's relevant about another king that we see in this passage. So Herod had John the Baptist's head beheaded. He'd had his brother's wife. And then we meet him later in the Gospels. And on trial was Jesus before Herod. And Herod was really pleased to meet Jesus. He'd wanted to meet him for a long time. He had this kind of guilty delusion that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. So when Jesus came, he said, oh, maybe I'm going to see a miracle. Maybe he's going to do some trick for me. And he asked Jesus many questions, and Jesus didn't answer him a word. Um, and then he just got tired. He put a crown of thorns upon Jesus' head. He put a robe of purple on him, sent him to Herod and Herod, sent him to Pilate, and Pilate, of course, condemned him to death. So that's the kind of leader that Galilee had. You know, political leaders are meant to be like shepherds, um, looking after the people, caring for them. And we're told about King David, he shepherded God's people skillfully. But Herod was clearly the opposite. He was a fox, he was horrible. So we come to our second point, and it's in that verse that I read again, and it's, we the sheep, we are like sheep. Um, and it's not the most flattering of, of comparisons again. It's not as bad as a fox, but sheep are very silly animals. They're very foolish, um, always going astray, always getting lost, always needing to be found. And Mark's, Matthew's Gospel sorry, mentions a couple of other things about the people. It says they were harassed. And helpless and, and we can see that can't we when you've got a ruler like that who's only out for himself and he's executing people and being horrible um, it's it's not very nice and and the people are just harassed and helpless so the disciples have come back to Jesus they're shattered they've had a mission trip like we've had the day yesterday and Jesus says come on let's get some rest and they go away and the crowds follow just imagine if all the people at the event yesterday came in today. I wonder how we'd feel. Um, maybe we'd be just like, let's get back in the boat. Let's go back to the other side. I, that's what I'd be tempted to think. It's just too much. Can't handle it. Need a rest. And Jesus was grieving John the Baptist as well and the disciples. They were, they were, it was a hard time that they were facing. And yet, what do we read? Jesus has compassion on the people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You know, if we're on holiday um, and we're driving on a country road and we see a few stray sheep along the grass verge and, oh dear, that's a bit awkward, oh dear, I hope the farmer's going to sort it out. We don't get out of the car, we don't, well, I wouldn't, but I should, 
get out of the car, kind of herd the sheep back into the field, I probably wouldn't be very successful. But we just kind of have a sympathetic, you know, mention to whoever's in the car with us, and then we just drive on. But Jesus isn't like that, is he? He's full of compassion, and he sees the people, and he sees that they're like sheep without a shepherd. And what does Isaiah say? He says, all of us, we're like sheep. We've gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the blot, the stain of sin that's, that's on us all. But the Lord's laid it on him. So Jesus is full of compassion. We're like sheep. But as we come to our final point, Jesus is a shepherd. He's not just like a shepherd, he is a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And we see that in this passage. You know, a shepherd, he cares for his sheep. If one gets lost, he doesn't say, oh, well, I've got 99 others, it doesn't matter. He goes out, he goes to find it. Where's it gone? Has it gone out into the road? Has it been taken by a fox? If he finds a fox, the farmer's going to shoot it. Um, and he's going to deal with it. And Jesus is like that. He doesn't let the sheep be lost forever. Yeah, they might go astray, because that's what sheep do. They, they get lost, they go astray. But he doesn't leave them like that. He goes and brings them back. And that's what he's like. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And the sheep hear his voice, and they respond to it. It's like, oh, okay, there he is. I'm going to go to him. They run to him. They don't run away from him. Um, they run to him. So what does he do, Jesus, as a shepherd? He begins teaching them many things. And Mark doesn't elaborate, but John does. And he explains what Jesus is teaching. He says, I am the bread of life. So if you come to me, if you eat of me, you will be satisfied. And he's not talking literally. He's not talking about five loaves and two fish, just to have a full stomach for so many hours. He's talking about spiritual satisfaction that lasts forever. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And he says, you, you've got to take of my body, it's broken for you. You've got to drink of my blood, it's shed for you. And the people were listening and they thought, what, is he, is he advocating cannibalism? What, what's he on about? It's, it's a bit weird that. We can't take this teaching, it's, a bit, it's too hard for us. We don't like it. So John tells us, that many of these crowds who have been flocking to Jesus, they wanted to see a miracle, they wanted their stomachs filled, they wanted, you know, just the spectacle, the, the wonder of it, the celebrity. But once they heard what Jesus had to say, they were like, oh, I don't like it after all, and they left, many of them. So John tells us Jesus turned around to his own disciples, the 12 closest disciples, and he said, well, you don't want to leave as well, do you? And Peter, as always a spokesman, he, he piped up and he said, um, Lord, who else would we go to? You have the words of eternal life. And that is, that is it, isn't it? You know, Jesus is a shepherd. He looks after us as his sheep. He doesn't, yeah, we might go astray, but he doesn't leave us that way. He brings us back. And he's always looking to keep us safe, to protect us, and to give us eternal life. That's, that's what we're we're hoping for. That's what we, we have now in him. So that's, that's pretty much it. Herod the fox. So don't, don't put confidence in the next prime minister or whatever, stopping Brexit or starting Brexit or whatever. That's only going to disappoint. 
Um, we're like sheep, it's, it's not very flattering, but we just have to be honest about what we're like. And Jesus is our good shepherd and he'll never let us down. So just in conclusion, if you have gone astray, uh, well if you're here today you've, you've come back, but if you have gone astray, if, you know, come back to Jesus, cry out to him. Jesus, come and save me, help me, bring me back, help me overcome all that I'm struggling with. Deliver me from the foxes and the wolves and, and all that would stop me from living for you. And he will. He will bring you back. He will help you. And then if you are in his flock, if you are here today, then stay that way. Stay close to Jesus. Listen to him and follow him all of your days until he calls us home to our heavenly rest. Amen.